0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Foreign Object Podcast. Your ears do not deceive you. I am not the New Age Rudo. I know that. Actually, I've heard from a lot of people that we sound the same, so maybe you didn't even notice. But I am indeed Walk with Geo on Twitter. So um, currently, the New Age Rudo is out on assignment. Not exactly, but um. He's not going to be able to be on the podcast for a while. We did not really discuss what would be happening during that time, but I took it upon myself as the interim host now, is what I'm going to call myself, to um go ahead and continue with the podcast on my own for now. It won't be long, but I decided that it would not be for this moment uh, a weekly thing because Me sitting by myself and talking for, you know, an extended period of time um, every week, that's pretty rough. And I'm sure nobody wants to hear that because um, it's not exactly, you know... I think it's interesting when it's me and and the New Age Rudo because uh, sometimes... Not always, but sometimes we'll have differing opinions, so that's always fun. It always makes for a good conversation. You can't really get that from um from just myself. Um so I decided it would be a bi-weekly thing and we would come and I would sit here and talk about everything that's going on in wrestling. I actually tried this last week. Um, I was going to probably do it every week, but then I got maybe 5 minutes in and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing." But I feel like with the span of 2 weeks, it kind of separates or it kind of gives you a lot of time to kind of build on what's happening and gives you enough leverage to t- to talk uh, an extended amount of time, I guess. So that's what I'm going to be doing here. And because it's bi-weekly, it might be like only, I'm thinking maybe three or four, maybe five at the most episodes that it uh, The Rudo is not on. Um, That's no problem, though. Um, I... I'm considering getting some people on, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see uh, how this goes, where this goes, and um, and we'll take it from there. So it has been two weeks now, I believe, since uh, this podcast has talked about anything, and I feel like we were on this kind of uh, this dry run as far as um, outside news goes uh... in terms of stuff that's not happening inside the ring um... but right now like as wrestlemania season approaches i mean we are in on the road to wrestlemania already so there seems to be more stuff going on i want to start talking about the uh... rumor and i don't know if this is necessarily rumor i think there's some maybe legitimacy behind it considering vince mcmahon talked about it himself but the i'm gonna say it's a rumor for now the rumor that the WWE is considering um, selling their pay-per-view rights. So if you don't know, if you live under a rock, if you don't know this, what I'm about to say, I don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast. But the WWE Network is the uh, you know the home for all WWE content, for old stuff, for live pay-per-views, for you know 205 NXT reruns, SmackDown reruns. You know you could get everything from it basically. If you want to find something in the realm of WWE, the network is is where to go. Now, a while back, and we might have talked about this on the podcast, I'm not sure, but a while back, um it was said that Vince McMahon and, you know, their team was considering um adding certain subscription tiers, I guess, to the network, which would have been interesting they they um kind of briefly mentioned certain tiers um having some independent promotions on and with the recent like work with evolve um that's kind of what people were kind of expecting like evolve to be in like a different tier so you could you know pay extra to see some evolve stuff and now with the current um rumor I suppose it, it, people are kind of bringing back that idea that there might be either a increase or a tier subscription of some sort for pay-per-views so maybe let's say you know you pay nine ninety-nine and you get to watch you know Backlash 2000 and, and Bash at the Beach 2000 uh, to, no, not 2004 I mean Bash at the Beach what might have ran in like the 90s Um, so you'd get, you know, that older content still, but then you'd have to pay, you know, maybe a little extra to get that monthly pay-per-view. And I see that as a problem, especially right now, because the fans have been so vocal (laughs) on disliking, uh, the products that WWE has been putting out, you know, with their pay-per-views and whatnot, you know, the, the saying of like, Wow, that was bad. Well, what do, what do we expect? We pay 99 9.99 for it, you know, as opposed to, you know, back in the day where they were $60 a pay-per-view, you know, or whatever the prices were. Um you'd be a little more vocal about it, but right now there there is a lot of uh vocalization from the from the WWE fans about pay-per-views maybe lacking. So, uh, to add like a second price to be able to watch pay-per-views, it doesn't seem like the best idea. I think, you know, they're kind of considering other options because this year compared to last year, uh, there's a 9% decrease in subscriptions, whatever, but I think, adding some sort of extra tier that you had to pay, you know, a couple bucks more, five bucks more, 10 bucks more, whoever, you know, whatever the price is, who knows? Um, I don't think that would go very (laughs) well for a good majority of fans. I mean, I think the pay-per-views is really the big seller now for the network. You know, NXT's gone, um... The old content is a draw, but it's not the biggest draw there is. You know, I think pay per views is is much more important than that. You know, pay per view, every month, maybe two pay per views a month for nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Come on, that's the draw there. So if you then remove that and say, well now it's going to be fifteen ninety nine a month. I'm just throwing that number out. I think a lot of more. I think more people would be um willing to cancel their subscriptions and and especially at a time right now where you never kinda know if a pay per view is gonna be good or not. You know, I think um you know we've said it on the on the podcast for a while now where where we say, Oh, we're due for a bad one. So you never really know um when a bad pay per view will come and I mean the same. You know, you could say the same thing about back in the day, but um, back in the day, you could kind of guess based on the buildup. Like, I'm not gonna pay sixty dollars for that. And now, you know, paying ten bucks a month, you don't really think about that. Um, but yeah, I just feel like adding a tier system for pay per views might be um might be a bad decision. I and you know, I don't think a tier system is horrible. I think it'd be incredible if you could pay, like, four more bucks and get some independent, you know, product on the network, you know, get Evolve shows on the network or – I don't know. I think I think it's a good idea to have a tier system. Um, it, it would be interesting. But I think uh, as far as the pay-per-views go, um, adding extra price – you know barrier between the base network of the old content and and pay-per-views um or special events as they're called now i don't even know but um i think that's enough to get people to say you know reconsider and be like you know maybe i don't want to spend the money on wwe this month um so that's kind of one rumor i suppose the other is that they are actually looking to sell um, their pay-per-view rights and I don't know too much about this Um, but from what I do know it is that this conversation kind of sparked from a conference call that Vince McMahon had so there's a little bit of you know legitimacy to this you know you could take it with a grain of salt if you want but selling again selling the pay-per-view rights off to someone else meaning they wouldn't be Alive on the network i think is enough to get people to unsubscribe and that's my personal opinion i guess i i'm kind of thinking the the selling point really is like a pay-per-view a month two pay-per-views maybe to me for 10 bucks um i don't really like if i didn't have the network today i probably wouldn't think Oh, I'm going to subscribe to the WWE Network because I'll get to watch <laughs> Starrcade uh, 97, you know, or Monday Night Raw from August 14th, 2004. You know, that's not um, appealing, I guess, as a selling point. Not that I don't watch older content. I love going on the network and having that ability to watch, like, you know, Harley race versus, um, uh, I don't know, anybody <laughs> and, um, but that's not, I don't know, to me, that's not a selling point. So I think it would really hurt them, um, to sell their, their, uh, their rights to their pay-per-views. I don't know. I think, I think if if the network was not making them money, they would have not gotten rid of it but they would have made adjustments a long time ago you know we've had it for six years already um this month I think will mark six years that the network wow that's a long time six years of the network has been around so I think if if money was a was a problem and 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 how much money they're making I don't think that we would have had it for this long you know um So if that happens, I know there's a a, a legitimate rumor where there's no, you know, there's no backbone of this rumor, but they're saying that like Amazon wanted to buy the McMahon family out of the WWE, which is really weird to think like that there's a possibility that, you know, someone would buy the WWE. It's a publicly traded company, but buy them out of it, you know, buy their, their, um, their portions of it or whatever. Um I wonder if that's even if that's even a plausible thought if they've ever considered that. I don't know. That's um that's weird. I don't want to think about <laughs> WWE where um none of them are involved. I don't know. I think we give Vince McMahon a lot of slack, but he's given us uh a product that has survived this long. Something that we don't know how long we'll survive <laughs> the XFL. Speaking of of Vince McMahon, I just want to talk about this really briefly because I'm not big on football. This isn't a football podcast anyways, but because of the ties with Vince McMahon, of course, everybody's going to be you know, comparing XFL to the WWE or mentioning the WWE with the XFL, but the league isn't. And I think that's really important. I think um, we're at a point right now where Vince McMahon maybe realizes The original XFL was very gimmicky. It was very uh, WWE centric. Um, (laughs) You know, you had guys going and going to the games. You were trying to create segments in your football product that you would for your wrestling product, and it just uh, didn't work out. Now it seems like it's it's way different. It's um, and I I mean I only watched about five maybe ten minutes of um one of the games this last Saturday, I believe. Um, but it seems very game-centric, and, it, and it's um, it's interesting to think that right now Vince McMahon is trying to create an alternative to the NFL for fans who have vocalized their grievances at the same time that a company, AEW, has formed um, as an alternative to Vince's product after fans uh, vulgarize their grievances. So that's really interesting. Uh, how that <laughs> mirrors how at one end he's the, you know, he's the top of the game, having to kind of uh, deal with alternatives coming out and potentially stealing um viewers. And at the same time, he's also he's that alternative in a different uh in a different business in in football. So that's interesting. Um, I just wanted to talk about that really briefly. I don't know. It seems like um, it'll be fun for football fans. <clears throat> the last two weeks of pro wrestling. Um, I'll be honest. I did not watch much of last week. Raw or SmackDown. I did watch... Just about two thirds of raw. And I know, I know there's a lot of people on, on Twitter saying that they enjoyed the show, which I, you know, I don't have a problem with, but to me it felt, I don't know. I I just couldn't latch on. There were some big moments, um, with Randy. I really liked the Randy stuff from both these weeks, you know, uh, the week after he he attacks edge, he comes out and you think he's going to say something. He doesn't exactly. Um, this last Monday, kind of doing the same, getting interrupted by Matt, so he doesn't really get the chance to say anything. I feel like this Randy Orton is a Orton that we have not seen in quite a while, and I'm I'm really excited about it. I think he, I th- he strives when he's like this really douchebaggy asshole heel who like you want to boo him because of you know whatever it is he's doing. In this case, attacking two legends in the business edge and then um this past week matt hardy and with matt's um with matt being attacked by uh, good old orton there is some speculation that he is leaving the wwe of course that's been um, going on for a while you know he's been off of tv pretty much and he's been uh on social media kind of doing his own thing with the uh broken Matt Hardy, the woken Matt Hardy universe um on his own which i think is fine. I think that's great. Um and i don't think it's i i don't think it's bad for either party if if Matt Hardy decides to leave the WWE. I don't think you know WWE will take a big hit from that. I think there'll be plenty of people who will, will complain and say, you know, oh, they dropped the ball with Broken or Woken Matt or whatever. Um, but I don't know if that f- that character fit the product. And and that's coming from someone who actually likes the character. I like the Broken Matt Hardy character. I think it was fun, and I and I liked what he was doing in, in Impact with it and kind of on his own on social media with it. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, but it didn't really fit in anywhere in the product and I think that's kind of what we need to put into consideration where if um maybe I'm a big fan of Matt Hardy and I'm upset that they you know don't use him because I really want him on TV but at the same time you got to look at it from their perspective of where do we place this character that that people know that isn't really ours you know um So I don't think it's a big loss for WWE and I don't think it's a big loss for Matt either because it seems like he really wants to do the broken stuff. He wants to do the broken universe where one week he, his, his, uh, what's the word he uses? His, um, I don't know, whatever he says about his body, you know, is being taken over by the spirit of this Matt Hardy or our like version one, Matt Hardy or the Hardy boys, Matt Hardy or whatever. You know, it seems like that's the direction he wants to go and i don't think it's a loss necessarily for him to be able to leave the wwe and do that character somewhere else you know um and i think i don't know i think him leaving the wwe for people who enjoy his his broken character i think it's a win honestly (laughs) and it sounds weird like oh he's leaving his workplace that's a win um but if if he's not being creatively, uh, if they're not listening to his creative ideas in WWE, then it's good that he's leaving because then, you know, hopefully he'll find somewhere that will listen to him creatively. Which just reminded me, I read earlier today that on Chris Jericho's podcast, um, he said that Jericho said that Vince McMahon asked him if he could get out of his contract, which is really funny to me, I don't know. Um, and I think that opens the conversation of like with Matt Hardy leaving, who do, who does AEW want to look out as signings? Do they want to sign people solely because they just left the WWE or do they want to sign people because, you know, their catchphrase is all elite wrestling? Do they want the elite supporters, um... Or the the sorry, I read something on my phone and it, and it threw me off. But do they want the elite wrestlers, or they do they want guys that just left the WWE? Because um, recently there's rumors that EC three is also looking to leave the WWE, and people automatically go AEW. Let's get him to AEW. Um, I don't think his flop in the WWE has anything to do with the WWE, I think his flop in the WWE is that he is not the best talent, I don't think he's the most charismatic, I don't think he's the best on the mic, I don't know, that's just me, I don't see the EC3, you know, appeal, and I didn't see it when he was in NXT, and I don't see it now, I didn't see it when he was in Impact, not that I saw much of it, but, you know, so it kind of raises the question like i said if AEW wants to sign people because jericho posted a picture with them and was like oh want to work with you in the future or whatever do they want to sign people because their names that people will recognize from wwe and get that wwe fan base over to their product or do they want to sign people because they have the best talent or or whatever and i don't necessarily know if it's the latter. I don't know if, if they're signing people for the right reasons right now because and not just right now, since the beginning of the company. There's a there was a clip surfacing from AEW Dark, um a match I believe it was a tag team match, but sunny Kiss was involved. And sunny Kiss um is really good in the ring. I mean and that clip really showed it. You know, I, I saw his work in um in Lucha Underground, which you know, he didn't last too long in Luke Underground, I think. It was maybe just a season that he was around. Um, but nonetheless, uh, he was great in the ring. And so when when AEW announced that they were gonna have their own show or whatever, Sonny Kiss was one of those big first announcements of others of them signing. And that at the time seemed like a really big deal because uh Sonny Kiss is a queer performer which is cool um but they kind of just said here we go we are signing people and we're inclusive and we're great because we signed this queer (laughs) wrestler but then you um fast forward all the way now to you know how long have they been with a product since October maybe November maybe I don't know if my memory um is correct and as far as I know Sunny Kisses television presence has only been in a battle royal or a couple battle royals maybe is what I was reading um which is weird because you know some time back, when they were making announcements of who they were signing, it seemed like it was a big deal, and and like they wanted everybody to see that they were inclusive of their roster. And not only that, you know, I think you can use Sunny kids to 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 explain, like, yeah, we do have the elite talent in the world, um, but they have not done that, so it just doesn't make sense to me what they're and, and obviously they have time, (laughs) you know, everything has to be right now. Everything doesn't have to happen right away, but it's just interesting to me to see that, that, um, certain people are getting screen time, certain ex WWE people are getting screen time. Uh, certain people who were not signed, you know, first few months when AEW was announced, um, while people who were such as sunny kiss and, um, really most of the women are kind of forgotten and put on AEW dark if anything and um i don't know to me let's be real having a match on AEW dark is not as important as having a match on cable television on prime time you know but yeah um back to <laughs> what was i even talking about um raw randy orton takes out matt hardy i th- i really like what he's doing with his heel work Um, Another thing I really like is the crossing between Raw and NXT. We see it um, when Charlotte is kind of trying to say who she wants to face at Mania. She gets interrupted by the NXT champion, Ray Ripley, who uh, invites her and challenges her to NXT, challenges her and invites her to NXT, which I think is great. Um, Charlotte then goes to NXT, which is I don't know to me was like a mind blown moment because we know she that's where you know she started her career she was phenomenal she was a women's champion but she's just changed so much since then you know since 2014 when she won the women's championship she's changed so much um where it's almost surreal to see her in the NXT arena it's almost as if like, it's almost like seeing John Cena in the NXT arena. Like, you wouldn't expect it, even though you know it's possible. John has been in the NXT arena before, but you wouldn't necessarily expect it or think that it could happen. So it's a little weird. So it was a little weird to see Charlotte back in the NXT arena at full sale. Um, but I really liked what went down before she could like formally accept the challenge from Ray Ripley. Bianca Belair kind of came out and said... You know, don't forget about me. I'm still challenging for the uh, NXT Women's Championship at Portland, which I think is really good. And Bianca Belair is really good. I think she'd be in a a really, I think it'd be really good. And this is my early prediction or my early, uh, not really a prediction, but my fantasy booking here. I'd really like for WrestleMania, Bianca Belair as the NXT Women's Champion, Defending against Charlotte Flair and Ray Ripley, I think that'd be really good um, because Bianca's great. You know, she's got so much love after the Royal Rumble, which is phenomenal. She deserves it. Uh, it's about time people recognize that talent. And uh, they were teasing some stuff with her and Charlotte. Uh, I believe Charlotte eliminated her, if I remember correctly. So that would, you know, work with the story. Um, yeah, and I think that'd be really good. The other, uh, place we see the crossover is this week after, uh, successfully defending the women's championship, Becky Lynch got attacked by Shayna Baszler and holy shit. Um, I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. Uh, my brain was having a hard time wrapping around it. Um, Shayna just bit the shit out of the back of Becky's neck and it was really weird and it gave me Gangrel vibes and it kind of made me think she, Shayna does kind of look like Gangrel a little bit that could just be me putting that into my head after this um, but damn that what a way to to um kind of formally introduce Shayna Baszler to the Raw audience you know we kind of we saw a little bit of her um on raw and smackdown through the survivor series feuds but this oh my god this was so much different from that i mean uh how brutal <laughs> is all i can say how crazy i mean if you want to make someone look crazy and 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 strike fear into people because of someone um that's the way to do it i mean shayna's a legitimate competitor she's amazing um a lot of people on Twitter might, you know, talk down on her style. But when skinny white dudes, <coughs> Zack Sabre Jr., <coughs> do the same things that she does, they're amazing catch wrestlers. I mean, <laughs> come on. Shayna, uh, MMA star, an actual catch wrestler, you know. Um, she's great. Um, other things that I liked, I, I can't really think, but I, I did really enjoy this Lot la- oh. Of course. How could I forget? The kind of the, the planting of the seeds of what I've wanted for kind of a year now where um you know obviously Andrade is out because of his suspension, kind of leaving the the um feud with Umberto up in the air. But it gets saved when Zelina brings out his cousin. Umberto's not Andrade's. Angel Garza um I don't know to me it seemed like the first week he showed up um the fans weren't really that receptive to it. maybe that could have just been how I was interpreting it. I don't know um but that was great uh, he he attacks Umberto last week and then takes out Ray this week he has another match um and I think the fans were much more receptive to him and gave better responses. And I think it's great to see him come from, you know, even despite the circumstances of, you know, being because uh, the U.S. champ is gone. It's great to see him come from NXT and do great things in NXT as the champion or whatever and dropping the title. I know it hurt, but dropping the title and then um, being on Raw. It's great. And and he had a great match with Cedric. He had a great match with Ray, And it's planting the seeds of what I've wanted for so long. A faction led by I'm starting to think Andrade. I think Ray leading is is kind of out of the window with the fact that (laughs) they both have attacked him. Um, But I I think it would be good to have kind of an alliance between Garza and Andrade when he comes back and uh, maybe they can convince someone else to join them. I don't know, and maybe start a faction similar to the LWO. I don't know. That's just me though. That's mine. That's my <laughs> <laughs> If there's anything I, I would complain about right now um with WWE is that that hasn't happened yet, but um SmackDown last week was pretty good too. Um I think the matches I feel like there's such a difference and maybe this is just me, but there's such a difference between the the production of SmackDown than there is of Raw, I think as a show SmackDown is much more organized. Like it doesn't feel like you're ban you're bouncing back and forth randomly between segments. Everything feels a little smoother. Everything plays out a little better. Camera work is better. The cameras are better. Um, I don't know. That's just me though. Uh, but SmackDown was good. Um. I think I had great moments I don't like that they're still dragging with the Baron Corbin Roman thing but the dragging of stories right now is kind of inevitable because we're so close to mania um but that's going to be settled or whatever on Smackdown though Goldberg decided to show up via satellite and name who his next uh victim would be I guess and unfortunately that is the universal champion Bray Wyatt the fiend and I didn't want it to happen but it's happening it's gonna happen at super showdown I'm not gonna watch it I'll be honest with you I'm not gonna watch it but it's gonna happen um and I mean like why dude why do we need to see um Goldberg at all like I, I know this is mean but I don't care if he wants to wrestle so that his kid can watch him you know if his kid had the the WWE Network for nine dollars and ninety nine cents a month, he'd be able to watch him in his prime. Not now when he can barely pick he could barely pick up, you know, the Undertaker. What makes anybody think he'll be able to pick up Bray Wyatt? No disrespect, but um, just so disinterested in that. And I hope it's just like a a passing thing to make the uh, the Fiend look a little stronger. But no matter the outcome, the Universal Champion. We'll have a WrestleMania match. And in order to determine who's going to face him at Mania, uh, there will be an Elimination Chamber match. And let me pull up who's going to be in that because I don't remember. Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke, King Corbin, and Robert Roode are going to be in an Elimination Chamber match at Elimination Chamber to see who faces uh, whoever the Universal Champion is. I'm guessing it'll still be Bray, but um you never know as soon as this news hit of course people and this was today that this morning that it it was announced by uh the Wells Fargo Center but as soon as that happened man everybody was complaining because oh why is Roman Reigns in this match why the it's a fucking first of all it's a multi-person match right you need six people for an elimination chamber who's at the top of smackdown who are they going to put in there fucking Dolph Ziggler really I know they put Robert Roode in and like who cares about him you always gotta have one guy that is like who cares about them but really you, he's he's a top star of Smackdown and who's not who you know other than the champion of course um, why wouldn't he be in the match and you're already gonna complain now when you don't even know you know he could get injured tomorrow who knows nobody knows what could happen you know he could decide he wants to sign with AEW tomorrow <laughs> So, nobody knows what happens, but everybody wants to just complain right away. But, yeah, that should be interesting. Um, It gives a lot of uh, potential booking in mind for WrestleMania because we don't know who will be the universal champion after Super Showdown. Probably uh, Bray Wyatt. But, yeah, uh, one of these competitors, Daniel Bryan, I really like what they kind of showed on SmackDown. Where he he's back after the strap match. And uh, Heath Slater sits down next to him. It's like, oh man, you look fucked up. <laughs> Essentially. And that leads to Daniel uh, killing him in the ring, basically. Um, and I kind of wondered if that's on purpose. Because they kind of hinted at it on commentary about, man, being in the ring with a fiend really changes you. And let's talk about that right there. Okay, having a match with the Fiend changes you. Let's start from the beginning. Finn Balor loses to the Fiend, goes to NXT. What does he do? The first thing he's in—he he, what's the first thing he does when he's in NXT? He kicks the shit out of Johnny Gargano. <laughs> so there you go. He walked in that feud a babyface, and afterwards heel. Um, who was after that? Seth? Maybe. Um, I don't know if there's anyone in between, but Seth. You know, he walks in the baby face, loses Universal Championship, and now he's heel. Okay? People hate him. You know, whatever. Um, the Miz. He didn't face the fiend, but still, this still counts. He walks into that feud. A family man, okay? Family man. A baby face. He walks out, a heel, on the dirt sheet, which I loved, by the way, this week. It was really good. And now, Daniel Bryan, he walked in as a babyface, coming off of a uh, run as a heel. So he had just turned babyface, and now on SmackDown, against Heath Slater, poor guy. Couldn't be me. But, you know, he takes a beating from Daniel, and Daniel is real aggressive, and he doesn't hold back. And I think, and I'm hoping that this is all... Maybe on purpose, and maybe they're actually really good at storytelling, oh my god, w w e good at storytelling. Who would have guessed? And I feel like that alone makes me way more interested in the fiend because it makes you question who is he gonna face next, and how will they come out of that? Will they you know bounce back and continue to be I mean, next is Goldberg, we know. We're not going to see Goldberg for a while after this win or lose. Um, but if he loses, will it affect Goldberg? Probably not. But, you know, that's just a one off. But after that, at Mania or at, at Elimination Chamber, maybe if he faces anybody, will he beat them and will they change? And will it be a series of an offense and a kind of connection that all these people, after losing to, Bray Wyatt the fiend have this kind of dark switch in their mind and turn heel I think that'd be really interesting if they can um put more focus on it and uh make it part of the fiend story maybe when the fiend finally is defeated all these people snap out of it and are like holy shit why am I being a bad guy I don't know that's just um just a just a quick thought I don't know um yeah wow I've been talking to myself for almost 40 minutes and it was probably really messy before I go I'm going to go down the because NXT Portland is this weekend probably won't end up talking about it again because you know um I won't be recording a podcast for another two weeks but let's go down the match card and make my predictions. Ray Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the NXT Championship. Like I said, I'd really like to see a triple threat match with Bianca, with Rhea, and with Charlotte at Mania. So for that reason, I'd like to see Bianca win. Maybe Charlotte is involved. Maybe. And that's what sparks it to become a triple threat at Mania. That'd be really fun. Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano. I think Finn Balor is going to... I don't want to say he's going to be the demon, but I think he's going to be some iteration of it in a way. And I think he's going to be Johnny Gargano. Um, Dakota Kai versus Tegan Nox in a street fight. I think Tegan Nox, you know, get her that redemption. Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic for the NXT North American Championship. Listen, I think Keith Lee is going to win that. But either way, I think it'll be – I think that could steal the uh, – I think that could steal the shell right there. The Undisputed Era defending the tag titles against the Broserweights. Um, I think the Broserweights might get it just because Um, Broderick lost the title. I believe he was the last to win that title to fulfill the prophecy or whatever. Um... So they could be going backwards, Broderick loses his first, then then Bobby Fish and Kyle, and then Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. I don't think Adam Cole will lose it just yet, but I think with Broderick no longer being North American Champion and with, as I'm predicting, the Broserweights taking away the NXT Tag Championships, I think it'll uh, make for a good story where Adam Cole's the only one left with gold and it kind of makes uh, some tension in the UE. I'm not saying break them up, but get some tension that eventually leads to Adam losing the title. Okay, there we go. I did it. I, I recorded a podcast on my own. So if you enjoyed, don't forget to leave a rating wherever you're listening. If That's on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else. Leave that review, man. Give us five stars like a frog splash from Rob Van Dam. Do it. Go ahead. It, it doesn't cost you a thing, all right? Follow me on Twitter at WalkWithGeo. You can follow the New Age Rudo on Twitter at New Age Rudo. He will be back. And you can follow that good old podcast at, what is it? <laughs> at Ford Object WP on Twitter. Thank you for listening. If you did, I appreciate it. Have a good night or day whenever you listen to this podcast. Goodbye.